Hello, welcome to Arcade Couch, the best place to cheer friends. Get gaming goodness each and every week. Back at it again, 2022. I'm going to say 2022 a lot. In the, in the, if you're listening to a bunch of our podcasts in the January, guarantee that I'm probably saying 2022 a lot as I proceed to make sure my brain is aware and gets used to saying 2022. Because I think last year I was saying 2020 up until fucking March or something ridiculous. Um, this is our personal top 10 games of the year list this week as we kick things back into gear for 2022. My name is Elm Blight. Joining me to do such a thing, Ashley Hobley. Uh, hey Dylan, excited to be here in uh, 2020 version 3 to talk about the best games from 2020 version 2. Correct. Also here, Kieran Marchant. Um, hi everyone, welcome to the new year, glad you're all here. Um, please note I am taking time away from Final Fantasy XIV currently to record this podcast. Lies! And f- it's lies, you've got the fucking got launcher, you just told us you got the launcher open. No, it's because it's the in The only reason right you're now. not is because of maintenance, yeah. <laughs> it's maintenance right now, the logo's red, I can't do anything but record a podcast, okay? We post the thing and it's like, hey, oh. D- hey Kieran, are you right to do this time? Oh, I can only record at these times now, everyone, I just got to make sure we record podcasts when maintenance happens in Final Fantasy, that's my only availability yeah, really at the just moment. Gotta, you know, it's, it's the whole it's, thing. It's, so, it's, uh, it's the- Final Fantasy, if you could uh, put your maintenance times, preferably between <laughs> 7 and 10 o'clock on a, like, Monday, Wednesday. That'd be good. I was going to say, surely like That'd 4 really a.m. to like 7 a.m. or something like that would be better, right? No, they normally do like 8 hours. Like, it's normally like 8, eight to 6 to 8 hours for, for it. So Okay, yeah. you got big windows. No, sorry, right? backwards. 4, a. M., 4 p.m. to... Look, we just yeah, need to American sync time Explosion it is. Network's yeah. calendar to Aeorzean time and server time for Final Fantasy for me. That does sound like a good idea. Appreciative. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Top 10 (laughs) personal games of 2021. We have done our Explosion Network Awards. They are all up by the time you're listening to this. Make sure you head on over to explosionnetwork.com slash best of 2021 to see what we collectively decided um, was the best things of the year, the three of us, plus for the first time ever, well, we only have had uh, other writers on the site for as of last year. So um, some involvement from other people. Crazy. Uh, but go check out all that. So the Games Awards are there, the Movie Awards are there, TV Awards are there. That's all up. You can check that all out. See what we decided. We decided it was Ratchet & Clank Game of the Year is what we decided. But let's see if anyone here decides to get Ratchet & Clank to be number one. Who's to say? Who will, it will be a shocking if he's not on somebody's will, list. Will somewhere. we find out? Maybe where Ratchet and Clank falls. I don't know. I mean, I'm about to know. I've got 10. Mine are, of course, as always, 10 to 1, because it's the only way I do lists. I do have a couple of honorable mentions, and I believe Kieran and Ash uh, have done a top 10 of some fucking, I don't know if you Mine is 1 to 10. It's end of the year. Is, you need to it's do ordered? No, it's ordered. You do them in order. Okay. We don't just fuck around with these ones, okay, Dylan. Good. We actually order okay. these ones, all right? We don't have any honorable mentions okay. because. We keep our list tight. If you didn't make the top ten for Ashley and me, you don't deserve to be spoken about. I can skip my honorable mentions. I just have them here in case worth mentioning. No, I can chuck out some honorable mentions when I remember them. Um, The rules for this were also that you could include (laughs) stuff that was if you if you played something this year that you really really loved and you wanted to put on your top ten. I said that was fine this year um, because whatever. Uh, Right, kick it off, Ash. What's your number ten? My number 10 is uh, Back for Blood. 
you know, the zombie horror game. You love that shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my jam. Uh, no, but obviously vastly improved by having you and Buddy play it with me. Uh, going around shooting zombies. Shooting zombies. It's been a while since the podcast. Shooting zombies. zombies. Shooting zombies, yo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a lot of really cool like moments within that game. Uh, I think uh, obviously the pacing is a little bit off, and it's like there, there can be like a huge difficulty ramp at some points. But uh, yeah, really great time. Uh, it was fun playing that game, shooting zombies a lot. Shooting zombies, correct. Uh, this game doesn't. This game is not anywhere on my top list, but yeah, I did have some fun with it. I'd like to go back to see if they've fixed some of my issues, um, especially on the harder difficulty modes, because. At one stage, I was like, oh, I wonder if I can get a platinum in this game. And I'd like try the hardest difficulty. It's like a zombie kills you in one hit. And you're like, nah, I don't reckon. <laughs> like, shit's <laughs> way too fucking hard. Uh, Ken, what's your number 10? Um, number 10 is House Marks Returnal. Um, that was released over this year for PlayStation 5. I think this is the only game on this list and maybe the only game this year that I can confirm off the top of my head that I was FOMO'd into getting. Because I definitely only one this year. Wow, I think it was only one this year. Normally, it's a lot more than that. Um, But uh, this is definitely a game I was not. I thought was interesting, but it didn't seem like my type of game. Um, But I think it came at a time where not much had come out, and all the things had been delayed. And it came out like February. Just everybody else seemed to be having a lot of fun with it, so I jumped in. Um, For a roguelike, I think this game kind of very much straddles that borders of both uh hard and kind of not easy to play through but like you always feel like you're progressing i think uh return does a great job of making the player feel like there is some form of progression whether that just be their own knowledge of the game or their overall power set of celine and her character i found the storytelling for her to be really immersive and, and really interesting any of the kind of all of the sections with the astronaut i found really kind of engrossing with the story um, I found Housemark's overall kind of work around this game really interesting, considering they'd made the game as hard as not as hard as they wanted, but to a level that they thought was acceptable. Um, they weren't really keen on backing down to that, even to the point of a couple methods that players had found to loophole uh, certain problems, like sleeping in the shuttle as soon as you lost some health on the first level, uh, were quickly shut down and, and kind of taken out of the game so to kind of immerse people and bring people in um i think it's interesting when you you talk about these games like the year before my game of the year was hades um this game of course did not reach those same heights but still has a very impressive kind of game design around its roguelike systems um and its whole story progression and narratives while being a roguelike game return will it return on this podcast we shall see. Um, my number ten, Knockout City. Let's throw some. Let's throw some dodging and balls. You know, dodgeball balls. And oh, no, I'm trying to think of a quote from the movie, but I've only actually. Th- I think I've only seen it like once or twice. Come on, Ashley. Dodge some balls. Is that if you can what, dodge a wrench. You can dodge. There we go. Thank you. Um, Knockout City was sort of. A, uh, I definitely would say the biggest surprise of the year as far as games go because the first trailer they show it in a, a Nintendo Direct. I'm just thinking this game's going to come out. It's going to flop. It's going to do horrible, especially because at the time I thought it was only a switch. Ex- it was a switch exclusive. And I'm like, nah, ain't going to go there. It's just going to play at 22 frames a second. 
no one's playing this. And then the next time it showed up, they had a much better trailer. I can't remember if it was in a state of play or just something else, but it shows up. I'm like, oh, this actually looks kind of interesting. It drops. We jump in. It's pretty darn fun. It has a great uh, team aspect to it. It's like nothing else uh, that you can play at the moment. You know, like it's another multiplayer game. However, tell me another one that's dodgeball <laughs> you know like it doesn't it sort of gets around it's not a shooter it's not a battle royale it's not an arena shooter it's not it's not a fucking fighting game you know it's not a fighting game cross shooting game or anything like that so it definitely stands out in the field uh they've continued to support it uh valiant i think valiant studios yeah um they've yep, continued cool. to support it with uh new seasonal updates cosmetics and all this sort of stuff um which is good to see new maps new dodgeballs um, so I'm sure we'll be playing a bunch more of Knockout City. Fingers crossed for a wrench ball coming. Just fucking oh, knock someone straight the hell out. <laughs> yeah. See ya. One hit. <laughs> One hit. Uh, I mean, that's sniper ball, isn't it? I guess, maybe. No? A bomb. Um, but yeah, it's a game I'm sure we'll be playing more of in 2022 and definitely one of the most played fun things. A big surprise from 2021. Ash, number nine. Speaking of big surprises, mm. Halo Infinite. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. Uh, interesting. <laughs> joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, obviously we've been playing a lot, fair bit of the multiplayer with Buddy and Dylan when they've got we've, timings have lined up and that kind of thing. Uh, it feels like Halo. It it's free. What more could you ask for? So. What a <laughs> it's a good time. It's like <laughs> uh, yeah, just those smaller maps and like obviously we've been playing the four v four modes. Yeah, it just feels like it brings me back to my teenage years when I go over to a friend's place and we'll play Halo for like twelve hours straight. So good times. Very good. Karen, number nine on your list. Uh number nine is a game I got to review this year, um, was Arcane Studios Deathloop. Um I think Deathloop was Kind of what Sony was hoping to market exclusives for the end of this year with the main thing it had on the cards. Um, and I think for largely a larger part, it was very well received by the, the gaming audience. Me, myself, I didn't absolutely love this game. Um, I was a little bit more withdrawn on it. But I think this game does a great job at showing Arcane's development. Continuing their growth, I think um, the character of Colt Vaughn is, is fantastic throughout this. Um, I think the overall premise is kind of really well done overall i just think maybe leading up to this game arcane and bethesda didn't really sell what this game actually was and i think a lot of people didn't fully understand that um and i think it, it has an interesting way of kind of telling its story i think overall it's a fantastic game it's really enjoyable and its gameplay loop is um kind of arcane and its best overall well death loop loop back onto this list only time was well Oh my god, can you stop? This? <laughs> this is terrible. This is actually just not it. Ah, uh, how good are these puns though, everyone? Um <laughs> number what are we up to? Nine? Yeah. Uh number nine on my list. A game that I had been waiting years to play. And it released Damn, Bayonetta 3. and it wasn't a massive disappointment. That's right. By that I mean to say it was not a game called Biomutant. Instead, I'm talking about Fist Forged yeah! in Shadow Torch, baby. <laughs> <laughs> My little yeah. rabbit came through. Fist for eighth game of the year. 
Well, it's still pretty fucking good. Ninth. Yeah. <laughs> Ninth game? Ninth. It's still pretty good. It's on the top 10. Come on. Um, so I'm not memeing. I do actually quite like this game, but of course it was a meme for some point where I was like getting really excited for this based on a bunch of trailers and random shit. But yeah, so you play as a, in case people don't know, because I guess it's all a bit of a random pick. Uh, you play as a little rabbit who like has his friend, he's kidnapped and it's like in this, uh, it's in the future and um, like everyone's animals on this planet or whatever. But then there was a war with robots and basically the robots won and uh, everyone's given up like fighting back against them. But now your friend's stolen. So now the rabbit like picks up his mechanical arm that he used to fight in the war back in the day with. And he's like, oh, I gotta go finish my fr- fucking fight my f- robots to get my friend back. And then story stuff happens and then there's monsters and there's boss battles and there's cool levels. It's basically a Metroidvania, but you play with a rabbit and it's got cool level design. Um, you unlock different versions of the fist, like where it turns into like a, you got like a whip variation and uh, like a propeller variation and stuff like that. So beautiful backdrops, animated backdrops, which I really enjoy. So instead of like static, just you, you're going past somewhere and there's nothing happening in the background. Quite often you'll go past an area and you've got like actually like vehicles and stuff happening. It's got, got that cyberpunk um, feeling to it and stuff like that. But yeah, Metroidvania, not Metroid Dread. But Metroidvania Fist makes my list <laughs> uh, number nine for me this year. Ash, number eight. Uh, my number eight is a game I haven't quite finished yet, but it needs a spot on this list. Uh, Death's Door uh, from Acid Nerve, published by Digital to Digital. Uh, you play as a crow who works at, he's a reaper in the Reaping Commission's headquarters in the afterlife, uh, goes out on a job, Gets the soul he's trying to bring back to the head office stolen, uh, and has to try and retrieve it. Uh, you know, and things happen from there. Really good uh, action game. Really difficult to start off with, but once you hit, you get to a point where I feel like you hit a groove, and then it becomes, you like, it all clicks. I think. I found. How far are you? So, I've had an update. Huh? How far are you? Uh, I'm still on my way to the second boss. Okay. So. It's not that long of a game, so it's, but yeah. not, it's not like there's eight No, puzzles. yeah, it's not that long, but yeah. It's just finding time with, between Christmas and everything is really difficult, so. Tell and me. Buddy uh, messaging you to say, hey, get on Halo now. Get on, yeah. It's like, yeah. And, you know, if you're not in the mood, you're not going to, you're just going to end up dying a bunch of times, so it's worth it. You've got to be in the zone, focused, 100%. Given the old. You've got to become esports. Beautiful, beautiful animation, beautiful Music, just a beautiful package. Karen, number eight. Uh, my number eight is Marvel's Guardian of the Galaxy. Um, I think Idos Montreal did overall a really good job with uh, bringing the Guardians to life on the kind of in the video game space after we had Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy for Telltale. Um, this is definitely the game narratively and story-wise that that game should have been. I think it does a great job at bringing its own take to characters that people very much know and love now thanks to the mcu um but kind of bringing them to their own their own world establishing them those their own characters um and making you feel like you do have some choice over kind of how the game is played and the overall story of it i think exploring the different worlds of the guardians is a lot of fun um it it, it doesn't have the most complex combat system um but i think compared to the storytelling, the overall music and art design of this game, I think it's very hard for others to kind of touch or come close to this game. I had someone the other day at work, for some reason, thought this was an open world game. 
Oh, really? That's strange. Like, how would that work? <laughs> the big, it's like a Is pretty... it, Do they just think it was like Mass Effect, but with the Guardians? Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. It was a, a I don't know. The trailers, the trailers spoke to them a different way than <laughs> I thought they spoke to anyone else, but yeah, which I thought was a little interesting yeah. tidbit, but, um, my number, what are we, eight? Scarlet Nexus. So this was my weeb pick for the year, I guess, is what we'll call it. Um, this was the one released by Bandai Namco. It is, uh, you've got, oh, fuck, it's hard to explain, isn't it? It's set in this world <laughs> where you've got, like... Set any weeb <laughs> prior to introducing their Japanese uh, <laughs> yeah. anime, movie, TV show, Pretty game, much, anything. Yeah. Uh, it's like a group of... Um, I haven't played it for a while, so I can't remember the actual names. But you play as, like, a, a police force, basically, uh, where people get... Um, basically go through a procedure to get different sorts of powers. Like the powers are randomized what they get, but you get injected with something. Um, so you can get like psionic powers and different sorts of like teleportation and stuff like that. And basically part of a, a police force that works to fight back against um, alien galactic monsters that look up, that look more like nightmarish creatures than your typical like aliens they, they've got like a horror vibe to them and they, they're coming down from space for some reason why they're here don't know everyone's just fighting back against them of course that's part of the plot of course um the gameplay is really interesting in which it sort of encourages two playthroughs and not just a oh let's just stretch the game out to get more playthrough out of it because you can pick between two characters who sort of um their stories converge and cross over at different points and then if you play as both you'll get to see one side of the coin especially you know and you can pick all the moments like you'll you'll play for a level as one character and you're like something that character shows up and you're like oh so like i wonder what they were doing when this happened or like they did something and then you get to see how they did it and whatever else so you get these two stories that sort of link up um in a really interesting way by the end of it there's a really cool world here where i, I hope that we actually get a sequel to it because um at the end of the game where the characters end up and they're like oh i think i'm gonna go this i'm do this thing i'm like that sounds like a spin-off plus what you said sounds like an actual sequel so maybe they could do two games but yeah as a brand new ip um i thought it was really really cool world that sort of um vibed with like the horror stuff horror monsters stuff that i was really intrigued by the monster designs and stuff uh with a third person action adventure game it's a weird combo actually because the gameplay is you know it's um bayonetta devil may cry whatever like it's it's action combat stuff where you you know dodging special attacks uh you're combining melee stuff with you know picking up uh, blocks and cinder blocks and whatever around and like throwing them at enemies and keying up special moves so you can like time them right and do heaps of damage and whatever else but between all that and between missions you've got a very um almost visual novel like uh element where and even persona like element where you're building relationships with characters you can talk to them you can go on special missions with them to unlock special um stories with them which will then uh, mean that you can do special moves with them in combat like uh or like bond moves from persona almost to a degree where they'll do like extra damage or if you've got a high enough bond level with someone they'll actually come in and heal you or you'll get a second life if you're knocked out um and would have typically got game over so the game encourages you to spend a lot of time with your um the characters and even between missions you're spending them literally in a room where you can give them presents even which is uh, sounded a lot like Danganronpa to me because that's what happens in that game. So, yeah, it's a weird, like, sort of mix of different sorts of genres. Um, it looks really cool. Characters are good. So I hope I get a sequel because I did play this, like, 
all the way, I don't know, ages ago. It was started here or whatever. So it was a while back, a while ago. So it's it stood out all the way to the test of the time to the end of the year where um, I don't really see that many people talking about it. But for some whatever reason, it's, it's stuck with me throughout the whole year. So that's it came out June 24th. There you go. So six months as well. In the so, scheme of yeah, things, all the way at the start of the year. Yeah, I thought it was. A, I thought it was further back than that, but yeah. I mean, in the <laughs> scheme of the world, six months is a fucking long time these days. I tell you. Um, okay. What's number seven on your list, Ash? Number seven on my list is uh, Football Manager Twenty Two. Uh, another great iteration. Like the, obviously, these games improve year on out, out. You know, there's not like massive, drastic changes or anything they could do that like. Well, I'm sure there are things they could do to dramatically damage their game. But uh, yeah, really great. Uh, added some really interesting analytical things that make w- investing into analytics in your football club worthwhile uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, wrote a review for it, so if you want to hear more about that, probably check that out. Because I'm guessing the main portion of this audience is not probably interested in football manager. So, I'm not sure the main audience is interested in alien monsters coming from space. That you have to find. I'm pretty sure they are. I don't know. <laughs> Karen, what's your next pick? Uh, my next one is we are going to the spooky realms of Capcom's Resident Evil Village. Um, I think Resident Evil has turned itself into a premier franchise. Um, in terms of, I think it's Capcom's golden kind of goose egg at the moment in terms of quality of content. Uh, I think Village is a great uh, experience overall. I know a lot of people have given kind of a lot of praise to this game, especially featuring about uh, the uh, Lady Dimitrius here. Got him. I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> Dimitrius, um kind of uh, character, but I think beyond that, this game does a great job of continuing uh, Ethan's story from Resident Evil Biohazard. Um, and then kind of bringing it forward and continuing to grow the world around Resident Evil. I think um, the the landscape and the location is really fun and exciting to explore. Um, I think there there is plenty of depth to this game, and I think some really great character and character moments throughout it. Um, anybody who is a fan of Resident Evil, especially you know uh, Resident Evil Two uh, cult follower Ashley Hobley. Um, I would definitely recommend to to jump in and give this game a, a try if you've got time. Over it's the true. Day. I wonder why Ash didn't jump into this. Such it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Not kind of weird. Intimidated by what? Tall ladies. Fair. Um, <laughs> number seven on my list. Right. Yeah. Seven. Right. Yeah. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. So. <gasps> The official official pick for Explosion Network uh, is number seven on my list. But uh, Ratchet & Clank, of course, really good game. Uh, does lots of things that Ratchet & Clank's already done, but does them really, really well. Uh, probably has the best story in the game. In fact, I think it is the best Ratchet & Clank game. Uh, there's just, on my personal list, I'm just putting a lot of other stuff that spoke to me above it, um, or I simply had more fun with or something like that. But, of course, top 10 list. These are all really, really good games. It is a standout PS5 game. It is the game that anyone asks, you know, what should I buy? I'm going to be like, buy Ratchet & Clank. Let's start there and then figure out whatever genre you're into. Maybe you like Returnal. Maybe you like Demon's Souls. I don't know. But this must buy. Uh, number <laughs> seven. Fuck you laughing about. No, I'm laughing that, you know, Ratchet and Clank, then your other options are Returnal or Demon's Souls. <laughs> what other exclusives are there? 
<laughs> Miles? No, it's not exclusive. It's on PS4. Plays better on PS5. Though. I'm saying it's. Ex- I said ex- solely PS5 exclusive. Actually, you could say that. Actually, you could say that about every game that was also Maybe. released on the PS4. Even that's a, like not a sure thing. Yeah. Just saying. Explaining my reasoning. There is a reason. Yeah, no, I hundred believe. I just found it funny that those are the two games that you brought up. What's well, weird that PlayStation has only released fucking hardcore. <laughs> They're like, here's one game that everyone can play. Otherwise, all we're releasing is really niche games that people will probably die a million times in. That's all we do now. That's all we do. They're like, here's God of War. It's really fucking hard now too. <laughs> Gonna die a million times in this too. We'll see how that goes. Hold on, that's cross. That's on PS4 anyway, isn't it? No, it doesn't count. Um, what's number six on your list, Dash? Number six on my list is fights in tight spaces. So this is a, a roguelike deck building tactical game. I didn't uh, even know you played you this. Playing. <laughs> yeah, I this did. is crazy. I saw Dylan play this on stream. I did not know anybody yeah, else. Yeah, I, I picked it up towards the end of the year, like so going, oh, what are some games that I need to play? Uh, really fun. Uh, really, you play as like a secret agent uh, that's fighting their way out of different scenarios using these card, this card system to uh, pull off different moves and that kind of stuff. Uh, really digging it uh, as you progress through the levels you unlock. You can unlock upgrades to your cards. You can heal your health. You can increase your health. Uh, all these, you have different objectives for each fight and that kind of stuff. Really enjoyable. Uh, reasonably fair. There's a couple of times where I've been kind of screwed, like at the start of a fight where I've got like four health and there's no way for me to get, not take any damage uh, and that kind of stuff. But uh, I'm really enjoying this. It, it is probably... To get my list. The best game that I played this year that I can like watch do something else at the same time. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like a great uh, passive game. Well, there's not a timer on pick a making move. a move. There's no timer. Yeah, so I can just put a put in a move uh, when some like a show's during a lull or something. So, uh, yeah, really enjoyable. I would definitely recommend checking it out. It's got a cool art style. Uh, they had a fun thing where you're during christmas while your, your agent wears like a christmas hat during it so oh that, that was, was cool that was a fun and thing. then they have like a daily challenge thing as well it's like yeah it's really good karen what's your number seven six sorry six number six um so this year actually luckily i guess um games that i did not nominate in our kind of game of the year actual nominations because i hadn't played them yet Thankfully for Christmas, I got a um, Santa brought me a soundbar for my TV. I, and by the way, can I just pause? Reason. I love how this is your mm-hmm. like, I got a soundbar, so now I can play all these games. <laughs> no, it's not even, no, 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 no. It's not even like, so I can play Finally, these Finally, I have sounds like, coming out of my TV. I can play these things with like, audio. It was like, huh, I've got this nice soundbar. I need to now mm. play games that, or, or you do stuff with the soundbar to justify that. I was given okay. it and to, to spend some time with it. Other than being like, oh, thanks, a soundbar, which I do really want, and then going off to my PC and playing Final <laughs> Fantasy for, you know, the rest of the day. Let me just stick my headphones in, yeah. Maybe that's why, maybe that's like why that your parents was, got feel, it for you. They're like, fuck, maybe it'll get him off that chair onto that couch. You need to get him away. <laughs> 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 no. No. Um, but so a couple games, and I guess two of them made it onto this list, and one of them I just remembered is an honorable mention that probably should have been on this list, but oh well. Um, but uh, number six is Halo Infinite. Um, not just I played a bit of the multiplayer when it was first released. In Wait, you didn't play this game period. until you got the soundbar? Yeah, no, I hadn't. I've been playing. It came up the same week as Final Fantasy. Oh, you're talking <laughs> about the campaign. Sorry. Yeah. The campaign. I played that the beta. Sense. 
I played the multiplayer, multiplayer yeah. when it originally came out and everything. Okay, okay. Um, that makes more sense. But the, <laughs> I guess the the campaign itself, which for me personally, the campaign's more important than the multiplayer on Halo. Wow. Um, I'll take. And and this this campaign story. Insane. Like I'm, I am I am heavily enjoying it. I've made the one mistake of every year I've played Halo campaigns on heroic first out, and uh, heroic difficulty on this one is fucking insane. Um, so. I would definitely recommend if you've played a normal first. Um, but <laughs> this this game's moment to moment gameplay is is awe inspiring in so many ways. Um, I think it's it's classical Halo fun with a whole heap of added new stuff. I think um, I tweeted that the one thing I didn't realize I needed in my life was Master Chief swinging around like Spider Man using his grappling hook, and that is legit how I've got around to a number of places on the more open world map is just kind of swinging my way alongside a mountain going around the outside of it to get somewhere um and and i think the thing that makes this game and dylan spoke about this in one of our top fives for um best original music was the moments where all of a sudden the music builds is it's like you could be out in the world and you could like either crest a, a mountain or um, go over to look over a new area for the first time or be looking over to a point where you're about to attack somewhere. And the music immediately kind of starts to build and grows and it just brings this all-encompassing um, moment of gameplay that is that is so much fun and so interesting. I think Halo Infinite, the fact that the multiplayer is free to play and then you know you can just get the campaign through Game Pass, it is probably the best value for a game in 2021. So Halo Infinite, also number six on my list. Da 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 da. Um so obviously I've been playing a bunch of the multiplayer, but I um I did review the campaign part as well. Um my first Halo campaign I've finished solo by myself. Um otherwise I'd only ever done uh, Halo one with me. I did one with you, I'd done I think I'd done other part. I don't know if I'd done ever finished them. I'd only ever paid levels is the thing, you know, like split yes. screen. Yeah, I may have yep. played two and three. Um, I haven't done four or five, but two and three, I may have played like complete, but just in like a random order. Cause I'll just go to like be at a friend's place and it would like pick up the control, play the level. I'm paying no attention to the story. I'm just shooting shit, you know, back when, um, you know, how many years ago that was fucking over 10 years ago. Um, so this was, def- this was the first Halo campaign I played by myself. I would say it's fine to jump in solo. There is a lot. <laughs> I did Google a couple things, but also they were like, what's this person from? I'm like, oh, this is from Halo Wars 2. I'm like, who the fuck's played that? Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, whatever. Uh, but yeah, the, the campaign is, I, I think, a really nice, even mix of like, hey, here's the classic halo stuff that fans want which is the corridor shooter sort of stuff like proper levels and in between that you get the open world area to explore with a nice amount of optional objectives but the game also doesn't become a ubisoft game where you're like fuck i'm never gonna do all this shit it's like oh how many of these random contract things is dude there's like 16 all right well how many of these other things are do i don't know like 25 all right you're like okay so it's like it's manageable and the world's not too big so it feels fun but um getting around is really awesome if you play only played the multiplayer and you're like oh it's really good when i get the grapple hook you only get two uses now nah, fuck that shit play the campaign you get a grapple hook on like a two second cooldown just fucking grapple everywhere. It is legit Spider-Man. <laughs> like it is just you, you and I, and I really love that it isn't just a straight point to point grappling hook. It's a momentum based grappling hook, so you can like 
swing yourself up onto ledges by kind of shifting your momentum as you go to swing and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I feel like playing um, it's really interesting. Pathfinder in Apex Legends uh, prepared me a lot for uh, doing the grapple <laughs> hook in this because you can like if you launch yourself correctly, you can do the Pathfinder thing. We can actually um if you jump at the right moment and grapple hook the ground, you can like sort of super jump straight up into the air um as you can with Pathfinder. And the same as if you grapple hook and like momentum yourself correctly you will have it so um you'll just like swing completely around a pole and like come into an enemy and like shocking them in the face and stuff so there's lots of really cool things but yeah the amount of cool sequences i'd have with the shotgun and grapple hook in this game we're just like swing myself around somewhere and be like oh shit the gun's out of ammo and i grapple hook a gun off a sh- uh, off a weapon rack off somewhere else and um all this sort of stuff but yeah the music's phenomenal some of the boss fights are really cool some are like kind of boring but it's a, sort of it's a mix um story was fine i really like the relationship between um master chief and the weapon but that's as someone who's not super attached to the franchise and i don't know if other people hate it or whatnot but i'm like for me i enjoy that the main villain whatever uh but yeah the multiplayer obviously is really really cool um exciting i enjoy a lot more of the the smaller map stuff than the the big fight no what's it called big big fight mode big team what whatever that one Big team, big mode, team mode. That, like I, that's fine. I'll play it, but I do prefer you know the the smaller map sort of stuff because all the guns in this game feel phenomenal. All of the uh, gadgets and stuff feel really really great. Um, I'm just keen to. I'll be playing Halo for the rest of this year as well um, as they continue to update and put stuff out. So it's sort of in that rotation, and it, it feels good enough that I could play Halo um, and like Apex Legends and like something else like Knockout. Like I could play through the sort of the top three on rotation at the moment and none of them really feel the same. They, they sort of all fit a different niche of multiplayer sort of gameplay, which is good. Um, Ash, what's your number five? Speaking of games in a rotation, Knockout City is my number five. There we go. Uh, like Dylan said, it was like this prize hit of the year, I think, uh, especially given our first looks at it we just didn't think it was going to be much uh but then it you know it is a fun uh dodgeball game like very tight mechanics great team great when you're playing as a team um i I think you know on communication and like laughing as we knock fools out (laughs) from behind uh and that kind of stuff uh but just as good like well not almost as good when you're playing with like randos and that kind of stuff uh yeah really great game Lots of things to do, like different modes being introduced like every other week and stuff. Lots of crew challenges and stuff. Uh, shout out to Buddy Watson for making sure that uh, our crew's always uh, challenges is complete every single week. Uh, leveling, leveling, leveling us up uh, even when we're not playing the game. Good, so, yeah. good feature. Sweet. I've got so many levels. You probably would. That so, I haven't yeah. played. Yep. You probably get. Yeah. yeah, nice. <laughs> Thanks, Buddy. Thanks, Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um what's number five on your list Ken? uh number five for me is ratchet and clank rifts apart um as a whole it is a fantastic game as you heard about us talk about a couple of weeks ago with it being our game of the year as an overall experience it is it is fantastic it is the experience people should be playing on their playstation 5s when they get them um it is maybe the most complete package on this list and and kind of that came out over 2021 um, but Insomniac Games did a, a fantastic job with it and it kind of continues to to earn the, the goodwill that fans have for Insomniac in anything they really touch. My number five is Forza Horizon 5. 
No, I didn't put it at number five just for the lineup. It just that's kind of just, <laughs> just it, to line up. It just know. how it, it just it's just how it worked out. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Forza Horizon Five is more. It's more Horizon Four, um, more so than like a big leap and bound. And I say that as both sort of like a hey, don't go into this expecting as big a changes that we got with Four, but also as a like Forza Horizon Four was so fucking good that Forza Horizon Five just really fucking good game but better slightly but still it's really fucking good mm. so um this is sort of i guess the go-to car franchise for a lot of people these days and i mean i i can even say as my for myself like forza horizon is like the only car game i could say these days that i could see a trailer for that would actually get me excited like when they dropped the initial trailer for forza horizon 5 I was like, fuck yeah, I can't wait to play this. Like, no other car game is going to get that sort of reaction out of me because you get such a nice, varied mix of gameplay and you can play it however you want. You can have it on super easy. You can have it super hard. You can have it at that default difficulty where it's, um, you sort of, you, you'll, you'll be all right. Like, cars aren't going to rubber bend you or whatever else. Like, I like the variety. You got this great Mexico setting where you've got all the, towns where you can have street racing for these little tight tunnels and um street corners and stuff where you, you you can very easily just run into every fucking wall you've got these giant mountains you've got the forest section where there's um temples and all this other sort of stuff like it's, it's a lot more varied than i think four was like four was you know it's fucking england like what's going on over there you know what i mean like fucking there was nothing much it was like oh there's some goats and some cows and some little Yorkshire city. And then there was like some fields and whatever. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, Karen? They don't, you know what I mean? Oh, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure do. Mm-hmm. I do think uh, just for in general with Forza, with the Horizon games, if you want anybody to kind of be immediately wowed by not only a car game, but a next generation game, sit them down with the opening five, 10 minutes of any of the Forza, mm. any of the recent Forzas. And I think they will be they will be impressed and wowed and realize that kind of gaming isn't what it used to be in so many ways. This one has a bunch more of those big wow moments too because you had a couple. So in the last one, you had like the opening scene, which this one has as well. And you'd have some of these big like events where you're like racing a train or whatever. This one has um, more of those than the, the previous game had, which is really, really good. A little bit more variety to them as well. So they're usually the standouts. You know, you get your way there. And I like how, again, on variety and playing how you want. I love how if you hate drifting, you don't have to do drift events. If you hate dirt racing, you can stay away from the dirt racing events. You, you can literally play whatever racing ver- event you want and you can even just 100% stick to that. No matter what you're doing, you're earning XP, which will level you up to the next like major quote-unquote story beat and whatever else. So I um, mean, the game looks beautiful, plays wonderful, played at 60, played f- uh, barely 60 at 4K, whatever. You got a lot of options. It's great. It's a must-play game. On the best games of the year. Ash, what's number four on your list? My number four is four divided by two. It takes two. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to find a segue. <laughs> that was the worst. <laughs> uh, listen, this game is so much fun. I think one of the most fun experiences I've had this year. I know... Kieran hates the story. I kind of love how absurd and crazy and bizarre it is. It's almost room-esque to a certain degree. Uh, There is an element of not knowing what is going to happen next that makes this incredibly enjoyable. Uh, The one moment you're fighting 
uh, a bunch of squirrels flying away on somebody's uh, a, a kite. No, hang glider meta underpants, underpants, underwear, underpants. Next, you're fighting a moon baboon, uh, fighting a vacuum, uh, and then you're trying to murder your child's favorite toy. Uh, what a game! What a game! <laughs> and just all the like all the fun mini games and like different things you got to experience uh, doing it. Uh, and it's like kind of perfectly balanced, especially like obviously you play as two different characters, but they all always feel like they're adding to the experience equally rather than one kind of dominating the the game and that kind of stick unless you're uh kieran facing off against buddy uh i I just realized right i had a thought while you were talking about it look i had a poor performance this is my final comment on this i had a poor performance because i was carrying buddy through the story moments you know there's a lot of there's a lot of hard moments that i saved and worked up for that by the time we got to the mini games, I just didn't have the energy to spare for them. So what you're saying is Buddy was conserving energy so he could beat you in the mini games because he was losing early on. That's what was happening. Yep, exactly. And he prioritized those mini games. He didn't want to play through the story. I was excited for the story and looked how you let me. So down. what you're saying is Thanks Buddy ruined the game for you. Pretty much, yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, big, no, no, no. Big the, the, accusations the game coming and the, here. The game and its story did that for itself. If, if. I don't I won't blame Buddy for that one. Uh, but yeah, it takes two. Can't believe we played that in a day. Of the year. Yeah, that's not a crazy thing to think about. That we actually did it in a day. <laughs> we did it. Streams on YouTube. You can go back and watch. <laughs> yeah, it's all up on YouTube. If you want to watch us, there's some interesting reactions to story moments, of course. Um, <laughs> um, what's your number four, Kieran? Number four is um the other game that I got to in the last week or so thanks to both my beautiful soundbar and xbox game pass was the artful escape um this was a game that intrigued me when it was the launch trailer was initially announced um and then also kind of the people talking about it and screenshots of it um i think this game is absolutely beautiful i think the overall kind of experience and journey through the game is is absolutely unforgettable. The music is encapsulating. Um, you have the option to play guitar whenever you want throughout the missions. I did not let go of the guitar button anytime I had control of the game and the character could play the guitar. Like it was just the movement and how the guitar kind of blends in with the rest of the music going on how the world around you reacts to you playing the guitar. I think this game is fantastical. This game is inspiring in many ways for those who want to be creative with games and with music and these types of things. Um, I think it is it is an experience that you can play and I you know, it's a couple hour experience and it is, you know, for me on the heights of journey, um, for kind of how breathtaking many of the moments are within it. There, four number four on my list. Death Star, bringing it back. Here's my placement, little little crow friend. Um, yeah, I mean it's a, it's just a very good game. I mean, and you play as a little cute crow, and the the art design is fantastic, and it's sort of one of my favorite, I guess, design games world and everything. I love how it's not super long. I think the combat feels fantastic. I love how you get to upgrade core like those core sort of three things: speed and um, defense and whatever. But you don't have an overly complicated uh, like let's stick a whole RPG system in here. Um, you've got a bunch. You do get a few different uh, spells and stuff you can cast, but again, none of it. Like it feels 
very concise um, and just focused. And I love that about it. I like how you can just finish it in the six hours or whatever it sort of takes. Uh, the boss fights are really, really good. If you're None, good. Hey? If you're, okay, yeah. <laughs> if you're good. I was going to say, I think it took me like six hours, yeah. <laughs> um, the boss fights are really, really good. The last one gave me a bit of a, a pain, but um, and I know, you know, I guess, yeah, You some people struggle more than others, but again, I'd feel like all in all, the game, considering when they revealed it, there was a lot of like, is this a Souls-like? Is it not? And it's like, it's not Souls-like. It's just, it's a... Well, their last game was called Titan Souls. Yeah, true. So. And you do collect Souls in this, but if you die, it's just, you go to a checkpoint. So, so it is a Souls game. I guess, maybe, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like the boss fights are hard, but the combat is simple. Like, you, you're just hacking and you're slashing and you're, you're dodging. And the bosses all have... Um, you can learn all of their mechanics. They're not like randomized every time. So you're like, oh, that boss suddenly switched to a laser beam attack halfway through. So next time I just got to remember that once the health is half, they'll start doing this other attack. And that's literally every boss fight in the game. You just have to go, oh, that's a yeah. thing. How do I beat that? Oh, I should probably dodge. And they're all highly telegraphed. You know, like <laughs> you fight the toad and they'll be like this and they'll move their mouth and whatever else and um, stuff like that. It's just a very well polished, really great, interesting, beautiful world. The music is fantastic. I think the music's sort of um, another one of the highlights. If I was doing a separate, like my personal top music or whatever, um, Death Doll would be on my top five music as well. There um, also has one of the best characters in any game. In fact, probably the best character in any game in 2021, Pothead. Which I actually think I laughed more at Pothead's jokes and lines in this game than any other game that was probably trying to be funny this year because I something about that character just tickled tickled me something funny I'll tell you what yeah. tickled you, you might even say the color pink might have tickled you might have tickled me pink yeah good on you pothead I've, heard, I've asked you Ash do you like pothead do you like pothead do yeah he's good yeah you know? not enough in the game ooh, there's all puns there that's yeah, yeah. the puns might work yeah. for you it's pretty. I, his story, I feel. I don't know. His story is pretty tragic. You know. It's true. Listeners of the audio uh, podcast, <laughs> Ashley is not pink right now while he's talking, <laughs> so I don't think he's been tickled pink by Pothead at all. Let down. Pothead let down. Uh, Ash, what is your number? What are we up to? Top three. Top three time. What's your number three? Top three. Looping back to it. Death Loop. Uh, <laughs> the final arcade game came to come into a PlayStation console. I guess. Uh, yeah. Really great. Like. Uh, a really imaginative world, like system, uh, interesting game mechanics, uh, like really interesting style that they've gone with, like a very sixties inspired, uh, almost like world, almost based with like a bunch of James Bond-esque villain, uh, villain layers throughout the world, that kind of stuff. Uh, where like four district, very four very unique districts. Uh, they kind of feel the set like part of a whole though. Uh, but then you also visit them at four different times of the day. So you'll feel slightly different at each time and they will have to do different quirks and that kind of stuff. Yeah, really good. The gunplay is good. They're using the uh, slate abilities uh, are really cool. Different, like, I feel like there's, there's a potential there to like mix and match a lot, but I, I don't know. I just kind of like went with my, my thing and uh, yeah, like... It was really enjoyable. I liked how the story kind of played out, like with you dying constantly and like figuring different parts of the story out and clues and that kind of stuff. So yeah. I had a really good time with Deathloop, so that's my number three. Very good. Okay, what's your number three? Uh my number three is Life is Strange True Colors. 
Um, I think this is now one of my favorite Life is Strange games out of kind of all the ones they've released now. It is a return to form in terms of going back to a smaller sales story, kind of being a bit more focused on one location rather than jumping around and having a, a large encompassing the story. The Life is Strange Life 2 is Strange Shade. 2. Mm. Yes, it is. No, no, I was going to say, it's unlike Life is Strange 2 that is a bit more of a larger scale journey. Um, I think the the story of Alex Chen and her brother, as well as the rest of the community of uh, of Haven, is um, is really, really, really good to play. I really love the fact that it it doesn't the choices in this game aren't labelled as good as bad necessarily. They are just based on what your character's morals are and kind of what you and your personal morals are for the game. Um, I think Alex's ability to see people's emotions isn't intrusive or isn't overpowered in many aspects of the game and lets the story be overall grounded and, and to have realistic kind of human problems and kind of for me personally i can't mention the life is strange game without mentioning its soundtrack i think once again it is a fantastic soundtrack that leaves anybody who plays it adding game adding these songs to um their playlist not only with the album that angus and julia stone released in conjunction with life is strange true colors but the other artists that um have adorned my kind of spotify rap lists since the game's release nice my number three is returnal returned that said would return return on this list guess what everyone it did um so house marks uh, foray into third-person action games is the perfect sort of them bringing going from their roots this uh arcade shoot 'em up uh voxel based just bullet hell almost like genre stuff that they usually do um now brought into a third-person action pers- perspective um it's like really the perfect moving of them into a different dimension um and they get a a lot more story in here than they have in previous games it's a beautiful game it actually is like apart from it being hard probably not everyone's cup of tea it is one of the best sort of uses of the ps5 um because it uses everything like and it has some really good haptics and the sound coming in a dual sense and whatever else like oh that's fantastic the triggers and everything so um 3d audio design is amazing in this game of course uh but yeah i got just like hooked really hard into this game i just went like hardcore from the day it it dropped until i could pop that platinum because i just (laughs) i was like i need (laughs) i got the need to to go and on this and it's bad because like the day it's like that first time i play it and you get up to the boss for the first time and again i do like maybe half damage and i die i'm like fuck right here we go like is this gonna be I'm like, am I in for like a Bloodborne, a Demon Souls sort of like, I'm going to be at this for 100 hours trying to, to get through this thing. Didn't quite end up being there. I feel like what you, because it does bring in some elements from the past game design, you sort of, once you you click and you're like, oh, it's just like, it's, if I imagine playing it like one of their older games, every enemy and everyone that attacks is actually, again, telegraphed. And all the bullet spreads are exactly the same every time. And once you sort of learn that, it definitely helps you play the game because often the bosses and stuff are just shooting triangle-based spreads or, like, these spreads that you could easily just have heaps of space between them all. So it's like, okay, well, when they wind up, get back, you know, again. So once you learn to, I guess, play the game, I think it does become a lot easier. But there are some really epic boss fights in this. The music in one of them, the second last boss fight is sort of one of my favorite gaming moments of the year without spoiling it for the people who like have played it who 
maybe like which one's that it's the one where you're climbing a tower and there's a the boss is playing a piano as you climb the tower and then you, when you get to the top you're like have this awesome fight and has music at the same time that one's really really good and as far as levels go this game also has one of the best levels i think of the year in which you're um the last world is set all in an underwater section so you don't really hear enemies coming which is sort of scary and haunting um and again the, the game's already sort of has a creepy vibe to it but you'll just have these things suddenly appear out of nowhere but you won't hear them like you would in any of the other worlds because of the sound sort of being drowned out next second someone's shooting you from behind you're like what the fuck where'd that thing come from so um and then once you beat the game and you're like what the hell did just happen in the story there's a whole bunch of other shit to do you gotta find these little secret things to get the true ending and the true ending and you're like what the fuck just happened did a podcast on Radio Watson. Go listen to that. We do talk about the story a lot on that one. If you want to listen to um, discussion on that, I think that's the only place sort of delved into it. I haven't really delved into it now myself because they're like spoiler place, but there is a lot of interesting stuff that happens in the story that I think is worth checking out if you're into, I guess, because they never fully explain everything. And I don't even know if any of us were correct, but it was fun to talk about. Uh, but yeah, definitely mm-hmm. one of the best games, like gameplay perspective that's come out this year um while also being one of the um best ps5 showcases and having a really interesting um story with themes and um other bits to dissect and discuss and scroll reddit threads and whatever else so that's my number three ash what's number two on your list my number two is our game of the year ratchet and clank rift apart uh as a big ratchet and clank fan at high hopes and it, it just felt like you know coming home like Going back to that series uh, with the the gameplay I love, uh, characters I love, and then all the brilliant new additions, especially Ribbit and uh, Kit, uh, and then you know the the multiverse elements of it uh, before it was cool. Uh, yeah, everything about it just so beautiful, so creative, like lots of fun, but that also brilliant, familiar feeling that. Everybody loves from all these games. <laughs> all these, mo- it hit those nostalgia buttons, but it also felt like it was moving the story forward as well. So, yeah, really great game. So there you have it. Our official Ratchet and Clank word that landed on everyone's list. It slowly moved up. <laughs> we, we didn't all have it at the same place. It slowly I mean, moved up. It's funny that yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I have it at what well, like not quite at the bottom, but in the bottom three or whatever. Kieran has it. In his like sort of middle three ish or whatever, and you have it in your top three. So yeah. Um, Karen, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is, I think, sadly, before I started playing something else, should have been my number one for this year. I think it is the, probably the most underrated game that came out this year, and I don't think that many people jumped in and played it. Um, but lots of people it played and Psychonauts Walker. Two. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> lots of people did play Endwalker. No, it is Psychonauts Two. Um, this game is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, I think the team at Double Fine kind of coming off the back of kind of the last release being 2004, 2005, um, before the the VR game, um, I think did a fantastic job of bringing um, Raz and the rest of the Psychonauts through to the 2021 era with a fantastic writing that tackles mental health and a variety of different issues, but all encased in this absurd and interesting world that is maybe the most brightly colored game other than the Artful Escape that came out this year. Um, and kind of really leads you on an adventure that is, I don't think anything else is quite like it, to be perfectly honest. So it's a fantastic game, especially it's on Xbox Game Pass. So, you know, people haven't had a chance to play it and they've got an Xbox for Christmas. It would be my recommendation of what to play first on your Xbox. 
Okay. Do you, just to clarify, before we all get to your number one, that you we all know what it's going to be. Do you say you actually think they should switch paces? Maybe. Oh. No. Oh, is that what no, you're saying? Was, no, was, uh, no, I, I can't okay. do that. Wow. Um, I'd be. I'd be letting people down if I wasn't pretty able enough to what my number one is going to be. So I, I can't let the people down in that mm. way. The people. <laughs> the people. <laughs> <laughs> the people. Uh, my number two, the R4 Scape. Bringing it back. So um, this game is just a big old love letter to David Bowie and other people who... I guess eighties era, seventies, eighties era rock stars where a lot of it was um either thematic albums or especially like when you think of Bowie and you think about him doing uh, you know, um different characters and stuff. I mean literally the character in this game at some stage says something along the lines of, I'm gonna create the most elaborate outlandish rock character the world's ever seen or something like that i can't remember but uh rock persona, rock persona the, the world's, yeah, the world's ever, seen. ever seen yeah, yeah. um and it's really good i think one of my favorite things about this is that although you're playing as a character that has a name and has a backstory and um in that their father was this sort of um folk hero that very much looks like bob dylan to me and i think that's sort of supposed to be the thing but um you do get control over the character you can you do get to choose what words, things they say that sort of lead to song titles, album names, like weird um, personality traits. Uh, you get to choose what outfit they end up wear- wearing. And ultimately, by the time you get to this game in which you have, as weird as it sounds, you go to space, you are on a ship, and you go to alien planets to perform rock concerts, and then you have to sort of impress big, like, Lovecraftian alien beasts to make sure they don't kill you more or less um and by the time you get to the end of this game it has like this massive sort of one of the be all end all awesomest i think um it's not even a real word but, but awesomest gaming moments of 2021 for me which is the the final level of this is just like the payoff to to sort of everything else and it feels like such an epic um moment of everything that's come before it and you just feel so good playing it out there's another so many times in this i took so many screenshots i could not post in my review because um, of spoilers but the the visual style of this especially in some of the the later areas and moments and stuff uh with the either the planets or the alien things that you're playing songs to or story beats with some of the actual human characters of which one is played by carl weathers and it's probably one of the best things he's ever he's ever done i don't know maybe that's overshooting but he's really fucking <laughs> quite good as this character <laughs> um which is really really good but yeah the game is just it is like you have to vibe with it. It's like I've seen people complain that it's boring or whatever because all you do is like walk across the screen, which is true to an extent, but like it's a vibe. Like it's it's just you're, you're meant to just sort of go down these these big, beautiful design planets and you press a button to play the guitar when you want and you can hold it down, just play guitar continuously. You can, you know, on and off and make up your own song sort of beat like as you're going, you can, you can just slide, you can walk, you can run, you can consistently jump in there and do the guitar power jump move. If you want over every single jump, it's it, like you, you just need to put headphones on and, or use a sound bar in the case of <laughs> um, and vibe out with the game. That's the way it's meant to be played. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a, it's an experience like none other this year. And uh, I absolutely loved it. So after escape number two on my list. All right. Ashley Hobley. What is your game of the year? Uh, my game of the year is Marvel's guardians of the galaxy. Uh, 
a game that maybe doesn't have the greatest game gameplay of everything we've listed here. Uh, but the story of this game uh, just impressed me incredibly. It's just a delight to be around those group of characters and to go through the the adventure that they go through over this uh, game uh, was just a joy to experience. Uh, you know, no other game made me want to come back to it constantly, like every every night, just get back in as soon as possible into uh, experiencing the story and the worlds that the the Guardians characters are exploring. I think you know this iteration of Star Lord is fantastic. Um, like a really not you know we make a like a lot of jokes about Chris Pratt, but you know he's funny. He's, he's an all right <laughs> Star Lord. Uh, the, uh, the one that they've had for this game is uh, pretty fantastic and like you get the re- emotional struggle he has um, obviously with his world and that kind of stuff and like the relationships that he has in this game um, and yeah and there were a bunch of cool easter eggs in the game as well like uh, there's one point we can go through collector's museum and that kind of stuff and there's a bunch of different things uh, they've decided to go with a bunch of different backstory kind of things uh yeah really fantastic and uh shout out to llama it's pretty cool to who <laughs> god damn it oh. a llama oh, i thought that's what i heard i was like is that a did i miss here no, i did not uh, Kimmy the llama yeah kieran certified cutie that she, she. <laughs> what is your <laughs> game of the year 2021 Karen? Oh shit! Look, I've been excited to talk about this game um, since the very moment that we we started this podcast to this evening. Um, Dylan, you've already mentioned it. Forza Horizon Five. It was a game. Oh, I awkward. This That's week. not the it gameplay was... I've got no, up on my screen fuck. right now. <laughs> fuck, that, fuck that! No way! No goddamn way! Um, Final Fantasy fourteen and Walker, not just N Walker, but the whole Final Fantasy fourteen experience. I started it for the first time. Actually, correction, not the first time. I played through like maybe the first thirty levels or something previously when it initially came out in twenty thirteen. But um, no, Final Fantasy fourteen. I played all of it this year. It is a game that I think is unlike any other. And to be honest, um, it's amazing that an MMO can hold itself to the level of storytelling that we come to expect out of the final fantasy franchise i think it does a fantastic job of growing characters and and making you kind of become attached to different characters and have moments with these characters that really make you look back and and appreciate what's going on in the game i don't think any other game does it quite like final fantasy um and i am really excited overall to to kind of see where the future goes they've now kind of finished off and capped off the last eight years worth of storytelling and they're now ready to start a new story with it um i will do everybody the favor of talking about the greatest free trial that any game has ever seen um but (laughs) Walker is a full package in itself with the the new classes they added being a lot of fun and very interesting to shake up the gameplay the new content and end game content is kind of eternally changing you know even you know to, to date this as we're recording the the new savage raids have just dropped um materials and kind of different crafting ventures and the growth of this game is exponential the fact that they had to stop selling this game because there were too many players buying the game for the first time and like the servers just can't handle it is incredible australia is just about to get its own servers I love this game. I can't speak more passionately about this game. If anybody ever wants to talk about Endwalker or Final Fantasy in general, whether it be on a podcast or just for a random chat, I would never say no. No random questions. 
Uh, I was like, I'll let go. you do your uh, yeah. your your, yeah, your no, actual no, no, paragraph of I love this game. But then on the whole, like the servers crash because I think it was off when that happened, or I think maybe yeah, it was off yep. when that happened. Yep. Um, yep. Do you think some, not all, but some of Final Fantasy XIV's success this year has been because of what's happened to Blizzard and people jumping off well? Yes and no. Um, I think June, July this year, there was definitely a swell about Final Fantasy. There was a lot of people who were World of Warcraft diehards that jumped ship across to Final Fantasy. Um, if we're talking in terms of the streamer space, Gold and Rich Campbell both jumped across and kind of brought Final Fantasy to a greater audience. And then I just think more people were accepting to, to jump in. Um, I think right around that time, you know, Square Enix slash Creative Business Unit 3 did a fantastic um, kind of advertising campaign for that free trial that then became a meme and a cult that every Final Fantasy player is a part of now. Um, but I, I think it, this year as a whole has been incredible looking at it for Final Fantasy, how um, coming from people being not happy with Blizzard because of their many, many mistakes and overall their state of wow coming to a game that is it's so open to its community, its communication with its community. The fact that, and it's part of Japanese culture. Anytime that Endwalker was delayed, the letter that came out from um, Naoki Yoshida was an apology. It was a heartfelt apology from him, apologizing that they're going to have to delay the game and move people across, and even acknowledging in their like their final delay how he understands that people have taken time off work and things for their game, and, and he apologizes for that. I think it's a very refreshing take overall for, for players alike. Um, and I think the the quality of the game overall is just outstanding in many ways. I know you want to say something, Ash. So it's like it's like an itch you need to scratch, that, isn't it? <laughs> do Do you reckon there would have been any server issues if it wasn't for NFTs? They're just they're just waiting to stick a bunch of NFTs in an Endwalker. Well, Karen, they were very announced Karen, they're going to. Can you make me a promise, please, the Lord? Yeah, I know I'm never going to buy a Final Fantasy FT. I hate okay. NFTs with a passion. They are a blight on this world and they are... But what uh, if it's the, really the shiny? Of, <laughs> the amount of... Uh, what about the amount the peer of, pressure? Uh, ecological and economic damage NFTs do, do as a whole is, is not worth such a thing. So, no, Dylan, I'll all never right. buy that, an NFT. Right. You don't even that's have to make right. me promise you that. That's already just part of who I am. Because... <laughs> You know, you there was that time you played Valorant for maybe twelve minutes, and you were like, "Fuck, I need this hundred dollars skin." <laughs> I did not play that for twelve minutes. You can fuck right off. You played more, license. but it only took you twelve minutes to go. I need to buy these skins. <laughs> I, I didn't buy. I only ever bought one skin pack. It was battle passes that I, I rushed oh, to buy. Right. No you NFTs, everyone listening. We're not all about that shit. All about that. And all that. Bashing all that, that shit. That's what yeah, we're about. we're about bashing <laughs> NFTs. We're not about buying NFTs. Um, yeah, because I'd I'd been thinking about that recently. The 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 thing because I know like as no, I know no, when no, Asmongold switched, uh, switched. No, no, not the NFTs. The, I know when Asmongold switched and whatever. Like his um, uh, I was like reading stories about the amount of people that jumped on that day when he was streaming it. So I was like, fuck, if one person can affect well, it that much, it's <laughs> even down to the fact of um, if you want to go into the deep like kind of um economic things in terms of inside Final Fantasy. Asmongold was playing a Paladin. Paladin gear on the market board spiked in price and was more needed because more people were also jumping Shit, on Shit, there already Paladin is NFTs because- in the game. <laughs> Not quite, but uh, yes, it is um, definitely, definitely something that is uh, 
It's interesting to be appreciated about the rise of Final Fantasy and its success. It's definitely been honestly. If I was picking a game, if I was like, "What's the what 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 has game has had like sort of the biggest year?" I would say it's been, it's actually legit been Final Fantasy. So yeah, that's why no, I was quite I, happy I to vote for um, it for like ongoing and whatever else. Like this, it's a game that came out years ago, but I was like, this year between you is. and literally everyone else on the internet that I've seen start playing it this year. Like that game has like had a massive increase in popularity in the last sort of like it 12 is, months. It is rivaling mega church yeah. followings. Yeah. Was it's like Final Fantasy Hillsong. <laughs> it is it is same amount of people. I, I appreciate the the meme and about people wanting people to jump in and try the game because advising the free trial. I appreciate the cultist nature of it and, and how funny it is, but it's it's kind of impressive and, and interesting that you know a game fosters a community that is beloved that it's game so much that it wants to get new people into their community instead of a lot of people gatekeeping and being defensive over their communities and um you know in final fantasy when you're a new player you get like this little leaf icon everybody's called sprouts at that level if that was in final fantasy that would be the worst shit in the, not in final fantasy if that was in world of warcraft that'd be the worst shit in the world because you would get hazed you would get People just not being helpful. People go out of their way to help Sprouts in Final Fantasy, and I think in general, it's just a it's a really good community to be involved with. Thank you. I've got it installed. I'm probably you never actually have play it because I don't have the fucking time. But I have it installed. <laughs> if you ever have it installed, I can to- I would totally like make a new character and, and level. It's a time thing, really not fun. a interest thing. Um, all right, my game of the year. Because I was like, what the fuck are we talking about? I was like, went down Final Fantasy Uh My game of the year, <laughs> best of 2021, personal pick. I'm packing. So we go uh, from... Yeah, that makes sense. You, uh, you was looking like... <laughs> I could see your brain being like, what's left? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's left? Uh, Unpacking was, I think, or is the most unique video game release in the last year. I think, like, when, when you played it at PAX... And it was like, oh, just like from a gameplay perspective, this seems interesting. Like the whole idea of making a whole game about um, like a very mundane thing of unpacking boxes and putting stuff away. But even from that, I was like, yeah, I I totally want to play this. This looks like something I could, you know, and they begin marketing it as this, you know, zen thing. Play it. It's very chill. I'm like, yeah, it was. It was chill. I could totally chill out and play that. But then when you sit down and actually play it and the way that they had built the narrative of the game around the mechanics i just think is such a like this is sort of it's a game i can point to and go you couldn't you can't do this in a movie like you can't do this in a tv show in, in a world where a lot of video games and I don't, i'm not saying this is a bad thing like i love the last of us part two and whatever else you know what i mean but like sometimes games these days are trying to be more like movies they're trying to be more epic in scope and whatever else and that's why the last of us a game that's obviously neil Druckmann's heavily inspired by hollywood stuff that game is going to translate very easily into a show because it's already got that uh the scope and the nature of it and whatever else you just take out the the mindless level fighting and you just stick the cutscenes, you know off you go right but unpacking you can't just make this in a movie the storytelling doesn't work the same because the storytelling and it is my favorite story of a game this year. The storytelling is is built into you literally picking up objects out of boxes and then going, what's that? And then tracking this one character, discovering every little detail about them, um, love life, health, where they are in life, what schooling they're doing, what they're studying, all of it from picking up items through boxes and just having that little... Inc- 
inquisitive ability to turn things around and be like, what's this mean? What's this? And then the way they build up like key story moments and the way it sort of all pieces together in, it only takes like what, three, four hours to beat, beat probably. I don't know. I can't remember, but it's not, it's not a long, long game, obviously, but by the time you get to the end and they do the final sort of like the final level, it was just such a, like I teared up by the end and I'm like, I'm tearing up over a game. <laughs> In which all I've done is put fucking belongings from boxes into shit. Um, and the more I thought about it, and of course I gave it a, a 10 in my review, but like I wrote that review like 20, you know, 24 hours, I think before I published it, you know, I was like this, you know, usual sort of video game crunch bullshit, review bullshit sometimes where it's like, ah, oh, and it's like, but as the weeks progressed, and again, I was just like, fuck this thing. The more I got to Milner, I'm like, it was like, fuck, if I could have given that 11, it probably should have been 11. I don't know. I definitely feel like not only is unpacking one of the best games of this year and my personal pick for best game this year, I definitely feel like unpacking is going to be one of those games that in years time, that a lot of people, especially game developers, look back on as like, that was, that was really unique. That was the way that game used gameplay and narrative to to do something that hadn't been done before sort of inspired me in a way that hadn't been done before so that's why it's my number one pick uh honorable mentions if you've got any what are yours ash me ash uh all right so i i've broken down my list into three things okay i have four things on my list so yeah fucking okay (laughs) mine will be really quick two games uh that i played that uh might have just missed the list pokemon unite Really fun mobile game or Switch game. Uh, really interesting use of Pokemon into a MOBA. Uh, it's good to see it still being uh, updated and that kind of stuff. The other one, Operation Tango. Fun multi- uh, asynchronous multiplayer game uh, where you play spies trying to solve cases and stuff. Uh, me and Dylan at one point had the fastest platinum. Uh, they have since made it impossible for us to check what the times are because they added like this stupid challenge thing separate. So now all the times are thrown out, so I can't tell. Uh, I want to list four games that I wish I'd put more time into. <laughs> uh, Chris Tales, Persona 5 Strikers, Dodgeball Academia, and Boyfield Boyfriend Dungeon. I all gave them a bit of a try, but I didn't, uh, unfortunately, end up finishing them. And then four games that uh, I installed but never got around to playing. Uh, Age of Empires 4, Artful Escape, Loop Hero, and Inscription. So... That's a hardcore list. That's more than honorable mentions. Um, <laughs> yeah. Kieran, do you have anything? Uh, my only one was uh, the game you already talked about, Forza Horizon 5. Um, I've really enjoyed the time I spent. It was the first game I played with my Samba. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, it, it sounds pretty fucking good. So, uh, you know, it's definitely, definitely a game I'm going to be playing on and off uh, for the next uh, foreseeable future. I was going to say, if I was like, I was trying to think off top head, so like to, to sort of match Ash's thing, I'm like, two games I'm installed that I haven't played that I, well, no, three games I have played installed that I uh, wish I'd played more time or ha- have started. I've got Inscription, haven't started it. I've got Boyfriend Dungeon, haven't started it. I've got Life is Strange, uh, True <laughs> Colors. True I've colors, done yeah. one level, one level, chapter, whatever they call it. Chapter, yeah. And then I've got. I could be playing Psychonauts too, but I never got around to it. They're like the four that come to the top of my head, I guess, of like stuff that I've got or I wish I'd play more time or whatever. Um, but then on my list, I've got Resident Evil Village, which I really, really um, liked. It is, uh, I just kind of... It's right. It's got enough praise. Yeah, I felt... It's definitely... <laughs> it's not like best of the year sort of stuff for me. I love the first 
the Lady Dimiscu stuff the most, obviously. I think it falls off a bit towards the end. Oh, I fucking don't know. Uh, falls off by the end. Uh, Hot Wheels Unleashed is another game that, although I had some complaints, and I think I gave like a seven or something like that. It is another game that I'm going to go play more of. I would love to go back and get the Platinum. They've got a whole bunch of DLC plans still coming out. There's a game that... Some Batman yeah, DLC. Batman DLC. In fact, DLC is going to fix my number one complaint, really, which is there wasn't enough variety. So um, otherwise, that game's like really, like as far as like a fun racing game goes, especially into if you're into more micro machines type racing than you know actual cars sort of stuff, um, that game is a lot of fun um, as well. Uh, Tome. This is uh, also on my list, the black and white little um, photography puzzle exploration game. Um, not particularly long or anything, but and not like doesn't have a fantastic story or anything mind-blowing about that, but like as an experience, as a cute little um, game where you go around and take pictures of things, it has these little f- interesting little side stories and bits and bobs, memes and things that happen throughout the game that make it sort of stand out. And it's just this sort of heartwarming. It's like a warm game i guess you know it's, it's a game that you can play and it feels like it's giving you a warm hug it fits under that sort of genre it just it's nice to play um and then my last one is honorable mention to it takes two i'm sorry karen um although not i think the story is dumb as well to a degree but i think from a gameplay perspective and like a design point it is definitely like one of the best of the year um i've never played anything co-op like that before it just has such a degree of cohesion between having both people feel like they're doing completely different things um and which you are and never feeling like you're doing just like oh you're both using the same, like you've always got different weapons you've always got different gadgets you've always got different areas to go to both characters play very differently you've got these massive action scene moments that are really good you've got these puzzles that require like actual communication like you couldn't play that without communicating with the the person you're talking to i mean it, it's um the story is nonsensical wacky nonsense but it also looks really good the the different levels all have such detail to them it's maybe a bit too long but that means you get such variety there's a bunch of really crazy interesting side characters the main book character is a massive worst character of the game like i feel like you either really like the book or hate the book there's like no in between i hate the book um but yeah so honorable mention because from i think like a design like a vision point in the levels and whatever else fantastic story meh characters meh but yeah um so that's my four honorable mentions and you know what actually i'd give pokemon unite a shout out as far as like making an accessible moba um that that, that was actually surprisingly that game was pretty good i remember when they announced it we're like pokemon moba this is gonna be trash and it's like play and you're like they're yeah, pretty good like you know yeah. this is, <laughs> this is actually Shit, good. i've been playing like 10 days in a row i got my free pikachu <laughs> <laughs> this game's actually good. it was just too pay to win i just think that was just that is still a problem it's, it's fixed it's fine <laughs> It's fixed? Kind of. Didn't they fix I it? I think there's, there was mixed messages there, boys, because one of you said it was fixed, one of you said it was still a problem. I think it's still a problem with different things. I, I think if you're only playing it casually, you're not going to notice it, but for the people who want it to, you're be, not care. to be as competitive as League or Dota, it's not balanced enough. But as far as like, hey, I wouldn't mind trying a MOBA that's not as hardcore as the other two games I just mentioned, you can still play this. <laughs> but if you want to move up to a more balanced competitive level, you can try League, you can try Dota, whatever. Would you would you put Unite over Wild Wild Rift? No, mm, no. Oh, it's hard actually. 
Wild Rift is a little bit more complicated still than Pokemon Unite, but I would still say that Wild Rift does. Like, it is it is still just got everything in a proper league Fair. game, yeah. just simplified, which means that you can, tran- you can transition a yeah. lot easier from Wild Rift to Core League, whereas going from Unite to League, you'd still be left, or, Le- or even Unite to Dota, you'd be, like, so confused. So um, yeah. that's the main thing, I think. But yeah, there you go. There's our top uh, 10 games of 2021. A lot of variety there. Not that much crossover. And who? Well, I had one, two. Ratchet and Clank, right? Ratchet and Clank. All three of us. I think is the only game all three of us had. Um, Halo. That's why. No, Halo Infinite. Oh yeah, Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite. Ratchet and Clank. All three of us had. Death Door. I'm just looking at my list, of course. Death Door. Two of us had. Returnal. Two of us had. Artful Escape. Two of us had. Um, That's it. There's only two games all three of us had, which is pretty. Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. Pretty good crossover. Between all of it, um, Knockout City, yeah. two of us had. Yeah, so. Knockout City. Yeah, yeah you both shared Deathloop. So there was a, there was a couple of two orbs, but not many. Guardians, yeah. There's, Guardians, two orbs. It also shows that we had actually had really good variety this year. Like there was stuff for everybody. It kind of more yeah, suited it was everybody's interest- taste rather than yeah, a very diverse year with, and we've seen that through like other people's game of the year choices. Mm. There's been no clear consensus like mm. in the last couple of years. like like it was either Hades or Last of Us last year. It's like. Those are the only two games that were most people next were, level. Yeah, going over those. Yeah. Whereas this year, there's been a lot. I've seen. I've seen. We gave it to Ratchet. I've seen a couple other sides give it to Ratchet. I've seen a bunch of sides give it to. Um, you know, it, there's like a hot. Was it? Who was it? Who gave it to Unpacking? Was it Eurogamer? Or? Someone gave it to Unpacking. I think it was Eurogamer. But Guardians has got it from places. Um, Returnal's got it from uh, a place I've, I've seen at least one. Of course, uh, it of, takes of course, two. It takes award. two. Got the game award, and I think some other site gave it. So there's like there's there's some that like two or three places gave it this. Or two or three, go, you know, there's not one. Hey, Resident Evil won the Steam award. I just saw yeah, it. Resident Evil. So there's there's pretty big variety of stuff. So um, we'll have to still mm. see. Uh, I don't can't remember when the Dice Awards are, but it'll be interesting to see like what wins it, like the Dice Awards or and stuff like that. Still for because they're always like you know. Because they've voted in house or yeah. in industry or whatever you want to call it, peer based voting. So yeah. see how that goes. I wouldn't be surprised if it it takes two yeah. wins it because of that. To be honest, but we shall see. Or even unpacking. To be completely honest, I mean, if going off what I said before, it actually ends up being true. But yeah. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of RK Couch. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter by Twitter by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash Twitter. You can join our Discord by heading to explosionnetwork.com slash discord if you'd like to support the show this year head on over to explosionnetwork.com slash support takes you to our Kofi page to set up uh, a recurring dollar a month payment even that $12 a year goes a long way um, anything to help keep the lights on show notes running reviews posted I don't know attention focused attention focused on the That's work right. not and maybe one day the hopes and dreams of actually having a decent TV there's money sitting there for him I've got, there is a money set aside fast. <laughs> don't you want um, we'll be back next week with a first regularly scheduled episode of RK Couch yeah. whatever the news is whatever we've been playing reviews you know how the show goes so just get ready for that to be back in your regular rotation of stuff through to the end of the year as well hope everyone's ready for a good 2022 should be a big one as far as games go a lot of big AAA stuff releasing this year especially on the playstation side so i'm sure xbox is going to release some release dates and whatever else as well nintendo's probably got zelda coming like it's going to be a pretty yep. pretty big year i think in the scheme of things it, bayonetta three motherfuckers like, let's go that's <laughs> yeah, not coming out uh 
Do you reckon your game of the year for next year will be a game we know about or a game we don't know about? I would say based on what I know now, I'd say it's more likely to be something we know about. But I'm always, yeah. to be honest, I always hope it's something I don't know. I always love when a game comes out or a movie or a TV show. I always love when anything comes out of left field and it's just just sort of blows you away to the point that you're like, yeah. that was my favorite thing this year. Games so. is a bit different than movies because there's obviously. It is. A lot more head lead time, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm going to be like, I'm excited to play like, you know, Horizon, God of War. Bayonetta, um, Pokemon Arceus. Like, a lot of this stuff I'm thinking about, but currently I would be like, is any of that going to be my favorite stuff of the year? Honestly, I don't think it would be, but we'll see. Anyway. Uh, Yeah, we'll see you all next week. Until then, have a good one. Check out explosionhub.com slash best of 2021 for all our actual Explosion Network awards. Bye.